1: Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we work to end the stigma of failure in an industry systemically designed for you to fail. Join us as we dive into the real life stories of survivors, experts, and advocates to debunk the common myths and fallacies of cults,
2: scams, and multi level marketing. Hey, Hunbots and Hunbrose. It has been a week, and what a week it has been. Uh, if you follow me on social media, maybe you saw, but it's been raining a lot here in San Diego. And Abby and I, unfortunately, were in a car accident a couple days ago. Don't worry, we are okay. The car is mostly okay. Everything will be fine. That's what insurance is for Um it was it was a car accident. it was exactly what you would expect. it was like a ten mile an hour impact, so no one was injured and again everybody is okay um, but emotionally shook up. so we took the day off that was on Thursday and then the next day Friday was my birthday. so I literally ended the last year of like uh, with a car accident. it was so great um but the next day was my birthday and uh, that was on Friday. And it was really great. Abby and I just sort of enjoyed the day. She went to school. I... Did what I wanted to do. I caught up on the Murdaugh murders. I don't know if you guys have been watching that. That is new. It is um, from Cinemart, who did Lorette. So it's Julia and Jenner. I I kind of want to reach out and ask them if they want to come talk about it. It's incredible. You need to watch it. The trial is happening right now too, so it's sort of like in real time. If you've been watching the Alec Murdaugh trial, then you know uh, sort of what's going on. And this documentary is a three-part docu-series that gives a lot of context into sort of like the tea on this family. It is a really great series. If you like murder documentaries, I really enjoyed it. So that's what I did. And then we went to the father daughter dance. And I appreciate everybody for understanding that on my birthday, I didn't want to work and I didn't want to (laughs) produce content. Um, And so my Patreon people who I love so much um, had to wait an extra day so that I could have a birthday without having to podcast on it. (laughs) And I appreciate you guys so much for that. And speaking of Patreon, we have a couple new members, and so I wanted to welcome them to the family. Welcome Jen, and welcome Lisa T. It is so great to have you guys. I also want to let you know, as a Patreon exclusive next week, if you're listening to this in real time, um, and if you're a Patreon member, you'll see it. But next week on Tuesday, we're actually going to have the guest of this episode plus a couple extra special guests to come on because what we talk about in this episode actually has a real time update. And so we're going to be updating over on the Patreon if you guys want to check that out. The link to join is in the show notes. So, that will be Tuesday at 11 Pacific Standard Time. And it is recorded in Evergreen on Patreon. So, if you're listening to this right now, going, oh no, I missed it, you didn't. It's still there and you can go find it right now. Now comes the part of the housekeeping where I talk about what this episode is about and the trigger warnings. And so you can decide and use discretion when listening. This is an episode where we talk about a coaching scam and we continue the education on the exploitation of children and mental health and mental stigma and and different things like that. So we talk about bullying and we talk about advocacy and it is a really great episode. So if you enjoy this episode and you connect with this story and you want a little more information, we are going to be having that live chat on Tuesday over on the Patreon. And I would love to see you there. Other than that, I will see you guys next week and have a wonderful rest of your week and enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Life After MLM. We are continuing our education about the exploitation of children. And I think it's important to talk about ways that we don't know really that our children are being exploited. So when I got an email from our guest today, and we're gonna call her Savannah, we decided that it was really important to talk about special education. We wanna talk about being an advocate for children. And that also means being an advocate for parents and teaching parents some of the red flags that you might not see because you're just trying to see the good in people that maybe aren't always so good. So it's so, so good good to have you here today, Savannah. Let's talk about your experience in this and uh, why you reached out to me in the first place.
3: I am a mom. I have two little people that are, um, they're both dyslexic. Um, We have had trouble with them in the public schools. And so when I, my oldest was really struggling and he wasn't, reading at grade level, he wasn't even reading at all. And he was several years into elementary at that point. I found myself really needing to understand special education, the IEP process, the ARD process, because in Texas, it's called an ARD because they have to do everything different. So I needed understanding that and understanding special education law. And so I found an advocate, which the first red flag really should have been that I discovered her on TikTok. TikTok. Right. But she was hitting a lot of those areas in some of her videos that I needed help with, like she was explaining it. And so I was like, okay. So I, after several months, I reached out to her and she became my child's advocate. She had also at that point started a monthly membership for teaching parents how to be collaborative with the school team. And I thought, okay, well, that's great. So I have a question really quick. So for for those of us
2: listening that don't have children in special education or don't have any knowledge about this, can you explain what an IEP and those are before we get a little deeper into this? Yeah.
3: So an IEP is it's um, a legal document that's protected under the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act or IDEA. This also coincides with the Americans Disability Act. So any legal protections you have under those two things, fall under an IEP. An IEP is an individualized education plan. So with my children being dyslexic, also having dysgraphia and some processing disorders and ADHD, because ADHD is nine times out of 10, a comorbidity of dyslexia, that the school has to have specific goals around their educational needs. So With our reading struggles, he needed a decoding goal because he didn't understand the phonemic sounds and how it correlated with the letters. And he couldn't break those vowel teams apart and really understand the words that he was looking at. He would read cat one time and then the very next time he did not know it at all. Because when you're dyslexic, you have a really difficult time developing automaticity. Like it takes a long time for those wires to connect and for it just to be an automatic sound that comes out of your mouth. And so when you have an IEP and you have goals around something, the school has to abide by that. They have to track it and your student needs to be making reasonable progress based on their ability. Um, A lot of schools don't have the resources. They don't have the staff to provide these things. And so when it came to our instance, My son wasn't really getting any services at all, and they were telling me that he was reading on grade level, and he wasn't. He wasn't anywhere near it. He wasn't even at kindergarten level at that point, and we were getting ready to go in the fourth grade. So I guess
2: that's my next question, is the purpose of an advocate would then to just help you navigate through maybe even where the school is just lacking?
3: Right. They can look at those documents and the testing and understand really what the red flags are. Because in our first test, our first evaluation, the school has to provide an educational evaluation. Our first document was only a few pages long. They didn't do full testing. So once I brought in our advocate, she knew exactly what to ask for. That next evaluation ended up being over 40 pages because it was complete. And so then we really could tease out Where the holes were, what the problem was. I mean, there were good things that came out of hiring her. I won't say that there weren't because I then understood what I missed in the beginning, but there was a lot of contention at the IEP meeting. There was very little collaboration. I mean, it was just all out fighting. And then she would kind of amp up the parents. I mean, we would get off of a Zoom call with the school and she would call me and be like, that teacher knows nothing. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it was just disgusting. So, this is all being done like
2: telecommunication through Zoom and all,
3: stuff. all via Zoom. Oh, okay. All via Zoom. Yeah. It got tense several times. So, with children with dyslexia, There is a specific methodology to teach reading that for years, our school system was not doing because they were sold a different curriculum. And that's a whole nother thing. The best way to teach children with reading disabilities or learning disabilities is it's called Orton Gillingham methodology. And it's a very specific scientifically based peer reviewed method of teaching. I knew that I had done enough reading at that point and studying that I knew that. And She called me after one meeting one time and said that the dyslexia interventionist for the district was an idiot and didn't know what she was talking about because she believed in Orton-Gillingham intervention. And that was kind of when all of my red flags went off. And I was like, this advocate may understand the law, but she's not up to date on what it is really that our kids need. Right, And so... I really cut ties at that point. Okay, so I have another question.
2: How many times after you got off a of Zoom was she like insulting to the people saying, they're so stupid, they don't know anything? Like how many times, like what was
3: the percentage? Every every single time.
2: Oh my God, okay.
3: Every single time. And she wouldn't just say that they didn't know what they were talking about. She also attacked their looks, how their hair was cut, whether or not they wore makeup. Like it was about appearance also. But is she keeps parents... Mad at the school. And at one point, when I was still giving her the benefit of the doubt, I called her and I was like, Hey, I have a meeting with the district. We're working to develop a peer to peer program so that other kids can understand neurodivergent kids. Like I was working with this school that I had fought with all year long, and I was like, We're going to develop this. And she was like, Why? They're not your friends. And I was like, I don't want to be their friends. Isn't she an advocate for the children? Right. And the thing was, is that we needed to develop something so that the kids could understand my kids or the other kids because one in five are dyslexic. So there's more than one kid in each class that's dyslexic. And if the student sitting next to them doesn't understand why they can't read and that child themselves don't understand why they can't read then they're just going to get called names they're going to get picked on and then we we're in a mental health crisis like
2: it's yeah. just such odd behavior from someone who calls themselves an advocate to do the For exact the opposite of the intended like crusade in the first place right right <laughs> that is such a red flag
3: it was a big red flag and so at that point i dropped out of the monthly academy that was because it was it was a regurgitation. We met every week at like 7 p.m. Sometimes she would talk till 10. It was just like, she wasn't really teaching us anything. She was just reading from a book is what it looked like. And I later figured out which book it was. And Oh she- my God. And how <laughs> much were you paying for this story time? It was like $47 a month. When I first joined it, when she first launched it, It started out that it was about the parents and it was teaching the parents. And then it kind of morphed after a few months and I'm going to get all the good teachers that are leaving. And I was like, you shouldn't be wanting the good teachers to leave our children, right? So she would like actively on TikTok, try to get teachers to quit or say, come join the academy and I will teach you how to be an advocate and you'll make more money than you will ever make teaching. So she's like cross-recruiting, pulling people
2: out of being teachers to join her, sounds like, advocate pyramid scheme.
3: And that's exactly what it is. Because then she said, okay, we're going to start a two-day intensive in-person. You have to be in person. I'm never going to do it via Zoom, right? Right this is at christmas time also right so it's the very first one is like i don't know it was like december 27th or something in houston that's the middle of winter break how like you're at some of the
2: only time that families will take time off and be able to be together is that is that time between christmas and new year's and to have an in-person required two-day
3: intensive that's not advocating for children either Right. So I'm still at that point, that was prior to me, like, breaking up with her, essentially. So I'm like, still in this desperate, like, I need to know, I need to know, because I'm neurodivergent. And there's this constant need to know how everything works. Right? Like, I (laughs) tell my parents, I'm like, I'm a serial student. I'm sorry, you ever paid for college, because I will never be happy. Like, I'm sorry. That's absolutely I've done so true, though. I've done everything, and I'm my mom's always like, "I don't." Which class are you taking now? All of them. I was like, still desperate. I needed to know. I needed to understand all of the laws. I needed to understand the testing. I need. I needed to know. I needed to understand my children. So I leave my family the day after Christmas, and I fly to Houston. Why? Why did I do this? <laughs> Because I sit there, it starts at like 8 a.m. and goes till 4 p.m. both days, right? I mean, is this not a Tony Ramad's like scheme? Like, that's exactly what it is in hindsight. I'm like, this is horrible. I paid. I don't remember how much it was. I think it was like $400 or something to do this. Also, at fucking Christmas, right? And so... We go down there and it's, I'm not the only one, like some, there was other people that came from other States too. Like I'm not the only one that like flew in. Some people lived directly in Houston. Some of us lived in Texas, just different areas, but like people came from everywhere. There were like 10 of us the first time.
2: It's, it's what we do for the hope. I mean, I'm going to just, I'm going to take yeah. the hopium from Mike Rothschild, and I'm going to add the dopamine and I'm going to call it hopamine because I feel mm-hmm. like hopamine is what keeps all of us in these schemes, whether it's an MLM or a coaching scheme or whatever. It's like just the promise and the hope. And then that little like, oh my God, you're so cute. You're like dopamine. <laughs> like yep. Oh my gosh, it's so fun. Mm-hmm.
3: Dopamine. And it just, mm-hmm. it keeps you on the hook. Right. And so we go and we're there at eight o'clock in the morning. We're going until 4 p.m. And it is a fucking regurgitation of everything that we paid $47 a month for. Nothing new. Just more one-liners because she's also a comedian.
2: Oh, I did. I saw that. I saw that. I watched a bit of her stand-up special on Dry Bar Comedy.
3: Yeah, it's great, isn't it?
2: I mean, <laughs> it was so. I mean, I. She talked a lot about having big hair, and how having big hair makes her hips smaller. And I was like, you know what? This is like Deanne in a different outfit. <laughs> Talbots.
3: They're all from Talbots. <laughs> They're all from Talbots. It's just, I'm unimpressed with the two day, but another reason why several of us went, she told us it was that, what is it called when they're like, you have to do it right now. I'm never going to offer this again. You
2: know? Oh, it's like FOMO. Like you have to get it right now. Right.
3: It was like, you had to do it because she was also kept talking about in our weekly meetings that we're paying $47 a month for that she was going to start an affiliate program, or you were going to be an associate, right? And I'm going to teach you how to become an advocate, and I will pass on clients to you, help you get clients, because I'm just so overloaded. And so that's why a lot of us went.
2: And could you then also eventually become such a good advocate that you could recruit your own advocates as
3: well? Well, she never said that, but I'll get to that. So... So a lot of us went for that and then, but she never mentions it while we're there and we're like, well, maybe, you know, she's still figuring it out and she's going to send us out, you know, an email or something. And a few weeks later, she does send out an email and she does say like, Hey, if you're interested in becoming an associate, blah, 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 sign up. We're going to have this one time zoom meeting where we're going to discuss it and I'm going to lay it all out. And I'm like, red flag, red flag, red flag. Like I've already gotten pissed off at this point and started to distance myself. And I quit the monthly membership. And I was like, no, no, I, I don't get on it. But a few weeks later, one of the women that I would see every week in the course, um, she messages me and she's like, Hey, Are you going to do the affiliate program? Like, what are your thoughts about it? And I'm automatically like red flag. This is, she's a minion and she's been assigned to this task. So I just kind of like nonchalantly like, oh, I'm not real sure. I'm considering doing a different course through a reputable website. It's called COPA. It's the Council of Parents, Attorneys, and Advocates. And this is nationwide reputable special education resources for parents, advocates, attorneys. I mean, best attorneys across the country in special education. They're keynote speakers at the conference. Like, this is the real deal. Their course is $500. Hers, I found out, if you wanted to be... An associate, you not only had to pay $3,500 for the mastermind, you had to follow all of her rules. And some of her rules included when you're on social media or Zoom, you had to be in full hair and makeup and look presentable. Gross. (laughs) Yeah. You had to sign an NDA because everything (laughs) she's teaching is proprietary she can't be held liable, uh, you know, for anything. There is no promise of outcome. Because she knows for it's started. a scam. Because it's garbage, right? So not only are you paying the $3,500 for the mastermind, the prerequisite was that you had to be a member of the $47 a month academy. You had to take a two-day intensive that The price went up from the first time I went. I looked it up because I was curious. Mm -hmm.
2: It's now $650.
3: Yeah. Um, So then you're in for that also. Then if you are an affiliate or an associate of hers, you're going to pay a monthly fee of $250. And then when a client signs with you, she gets a $50 kickback.
2: (laughs) The two day is $150 more than the reputable certification. It's just, it's so obvious that she knows this is a scam. It's a cash grab. And she's got all these like, just so you know, if none of my
3: bullshit works, I'm also not liable. Not liable. Right. And so eventually several people quit the academy and we all kind of chatted amongst each other and we started our own little group where we would meet every once in a while and just kind of discuss things. And then we found another advocate that would just come in and answer our questions. One of them is a a high-ranking member of COPA, the reputable group. And we were informed by them that not only has she been on their radar for a very long time, but they don't endorse her. And they've been trying to figure out ways how to stop her
2: oh wow yeah that's it's really interesting to know that like i mean i know that they know you know but mm -hmm. it's interesting to have the confirmation of big reputable companies and organizations being like oh yeah we know about the scammer they're on our radar we're fully aware like it's interesting to find that
3: confirmation see and this was during that conversation and i've been really i've gone really back and forth about whether or not i was going to bring this up We were told about a video from several years ago, early 2000s, I assume, where she went on um, some religious, like 700 Club cable network thing, and she's talking about how she healed her son of the burden of autism. Oof. The way she discusses it, and she describes it in her book also that she wrote, is that it was a demonic possession. (sighs) Like what mm-hmm. we found the videos.
2: I mean, that, that takes the cake. Like that's just the, the grossest thing, but this thing that I found adds a little bit of, Oh yeah, that makes sense. So I played how many clicks and she is in an MLM and it's called like, I wrote it down. It's called alovia Um, <laughs> and if you go on her link tree, it's the link that says, and this is why I clicked it. I was like, that's a weird thing. Fabulous boss focus drink. And I was like, that sounds like a scam. And I clicked it <laughs> and she uh, is a member of this I've never even heard of this MLM called Alavia and when you join, you're not a rep, you're a social business partner. Yeah. It was like two clicks. Two clicks and she's the hun. So yep. the behavior, it's all
3: there. It's all the red flags of it's but, the, it's I the mean, same, it's oh my god. It's the same, it's predatory coaching. And it's just like, but it, she is a hun because she's a boss babe, right? And that's all over her website, in her and her TikTok handle. She's the boss, and it's just like, it's gross, and it's like, quit taking advantage of parents that are desperate to help their children, right? And then she takes. I've noticed this recently, and that's why I was like, okay, I got to email Roberta again because this, I this is disgusting. Now she's using this, this mom and I'm fairly certain she's one of her associates or affiliates or whatever, but her child has, I don't know what his disability actually is, but he has a limb difference disorder. He basically doesn't have arms and now he is her poster child. I just like this. When we talk
2: about like the exploitation of children, like this is tokenism. Of Mm -hmm. it's ableist and it's gross and it's a little Mm -hmm. kid who can't even decide yes i want to be the token ableist face of your bullshit pyramid scheme he doesn't get to choose that his mom is like
3: he loves it it's so great it's right we're making change because we're storming the capital now and that was exactly something she told us when when we all first started in her academy she was like if you want to make change you have to work collaboratively with the school and we don't storm the Capitol. Well, now one of her associates just yesterday on a TikTok live, she said that really good advocates don't let parents settle with school districts, even if they're getting everything they want, they take it all the way to court.
2: Why make things uglier and unnecessary?
3: Right. If I wouldn't have settled with our school district, I would be paying $40,000 a year for my children to go to a school specifically for them. Sometimes it's necessary to settle with the school district. I mean, I feel like at the end of the day, I would hope that most
2: of these people would want what is best for the child, right? right? And trying to put our egos aside and trying to put the budget aside and the district aside and whatever aside and really come to a compromise. That is mm-hmm. best for the child, and taking it to court and storming the just the phrase storming the Capitol is such a red flag, <laughs> like, right? It's like, it's so it's problematic, glaringly red. red for anybody to even
3: use that phrase too soon, right? Right, but that's what she's done over the last year. She has gone from state to state to state and stood on the steps of the state capitol or the department of education and held a press conference, but her press conference most of the time is her stand holding her phone. And she's live on TikTok. Right. She's just outside the state capitol, like right. ranting. Th- those are her press conferences. And I was like, she's got to get off this fucking tour because she looks stupid. Uh, it, it's just,
2: I hope that people are seeing her looking stupid and that it's more red flags and that it's more cognitive dissonance being like, wait, that's kind of strange because I think that there's this sort of extremist subset of people just around. And when they do very extreme things, it makes people go, wait a second, that's a little too extreme. And I think a lot of people are waking up from these sort of situations. And it's because of this erratic, just kind of out there behavior that is you wouldn't expect from someone who's saying one thing and acting a completely different way
3: right and it's like I think that too I'm like people have got to see this for what it is right but then I keep seeing posts of her her commercials I call them on TikTok of more people at the two days and I'm like and some of these are teachers that she's convinced to quit their jobs and it's just like Quit taking good teachers away from the public school if they're still willing to be in it. We shouldn't be encouraging teachers to leave if they can still help our kids. Our school system is fucked. I know that. But like to convince them that they're going to make more money being an advocate, it's not true. It's not true. And, no. and, and then even
2: just the saturation rate of just getting so many advocates, there's not enough people that need an advocate for there to be this many advocates who are paying $200 a month and then another 47 and having to go to right. these trainings and having to be on these zooms till who whatever hours of the night depending on what side of the country you live in i mean it's it's hun behavior it's culty behavior it's
3: controlling high demand behavior right well and it's like one of the girls that i'm friends with now like we all did the math one day and we were like if you're charging an hour to be an advocate and then, but then you have to pay her a $50 kickback and a $250 fee. And then plus you had to pay the, the $4,000 for all of her classes in total. How many meetings a week do you really have to have to be able to actually sustain your life after you're paying her? Right. And to make it worth quitting your job,
2: I mean, you're you're like almost five grand in. If you're only going to one meeting a week, you're only making twenty five dollars, right? So you would have to make at least ten meetings a week. And are there enough people that need that that that, that can sustain for this ever growing
3: database of advocates? This is what we've kind of determined. If you're not collaborative and you pause almost every meeting because you're argumentative and you've already been sitting there for two hours. Sure. It's possible. So what you're saying
2: is you create the problem that sustains your need in the situation. You're creating a problem. You're not resolving anything. So there's always a need for an advocate to be there on your behalf. Because instead of just being like, well, this is a really good deal, and I think we should just settle, and I just kind of don't want to do this anymore, they're like that ambulance-chasing lawyer who's like, no, we got to go, we got to do more, we got to file this, we got to do this, we got to take it straight to the Capitol and shout from the steps. Right. And that sustains the need for the problem they've created themselves.
3: Right. And it's not that there's not a need because there are a ton of children who need good advocates, right? But they need good advocates that right. are going to be collaborative, right? What we all kind of figured out was not only would she create more problems, but a lot of times, especially for those of us that live in Texas, she would make it so difficult to work with the school that the parents would get to the point that they had to file due process. And she, because she also lives in Texas, if she's in your state, she can represent you in due process if you wish. Oh, my God. See,
2: again, creating a problem and then presenting yourself as the solution. Yep. That is like a, such a problematic red flag. I mean, it's mm-hmm. definitely not only happening in this avenue I see it happen a lot but wow oh my god that's just oh my god I just I have such a a new respect for special education parents and having to go through this and having to just like battle the system and then having these snake oil salesmen coming in and being like I can help
3: you and that's exactly what she is at snake oil. And so every time she launches like a new initiative or a new class, or we have another two day intensive coming up, I'm like, Oh, great. More snake oil. And now not only is she doing this, but several people that are her associates, or we're fairly certain went through the mastermind and did all of her jumping through hoops. They also have uh, you know, link trees in their TikToks and they're selling courses and they're, I'm going to do a and a live on TikTok today and answer all of your questions. And now they're peddling snake oil under the guise of helping more parents.
2: Yeah, and you know, I went to her website because I was like, well, what does she offer for free? Right? Like what education aside from her TikToks, which is really just like driving people to the link in the bio, you go to the bio, what does she have? What is she offering that's for free? And it's very misleading because there's a lot of links. And at first glance, you'd be like, look at all the stuff she's doing. But when you click those, it's like, how to get tested, how to get your child tested. And it was like recorded seminar to click. And I was like, oh, that's great. Like this would be a really great free thing that anybody mm-hmm. could be like, Oh yeah, you go to click on it. And it's a 30-second commercial for her $97 video that you can watch about getting mm-hmm. your child tested. It costs you a hundred dollars to learn that information. They have one called protecting your rights, like as a parent and as a child, and that's a hundred and forty-seven dollar video you can watch.
3: Like, I feel like this sort of stuff, if you're an advocate, should be free. It should be. And it is. You can find it on COPA, on the COPA website. It's right there. I mean, they have free webinars for parents. And you can go to Wright's Law and buy his books. And I mean, it's all this information. I mean, special education parents should buy the book From Emotions to Advocacy from Pete Wright because everything is in there. He explains the law to you. He even shows you how to write a letter to the school district. That's amazing. So aside from that book and COPA,
2: what are some other reputable sources or people that people can follow or or places they can go so that they're not getting sucked into these snake oil people?
3: Yeah. The rights law website is full of information. His website has got so many links, but there's, I mean, he will just link you directly to the law to explain things to you depending on your child like if you have a behavior child beyond behaviors one of the best books i've ever read to understanding your child and the why they have the behaviors that they do the council for exceptional children tons of great resources specifically for special education teachers i mean and there are webinars and classes on youtube that you can just google I know some states, they have free webinars on YouTube that they um, provide for their special education teachers that parents can go on there and watch. That's amazing. So aside from becoming your own advocate, if the problem
2: is too big and you do need an advocate to speak on your behalf, what's the best way to find an advocate that way? COPA. COPA. Perfect. That's awesome. Yeah.
3: I mean, you they have a directory on there and you can go from your state And find somebody that's reputable. They send out emails monthly to all of their approved advocates or approved members. The email is asking for everybody to review people that are requesting membership so you can flag anybody that is problematic. I love that. I love Mm -hmm. the self regulation on the
2: good guy side, right? (laughs) Yeah, right.
3: Yeah. That's so important. I mean, yeah, it is because it's like you. With everything, there's always somebody that's trying to scam, but I never really thought that I would find it in this area. And it's just like, when I know that I kind of was like, oh, this seems very pyramid schemey, but she comes off as, you know, wanting to help. And in the beginning, I think that maybe it did come from a good place, but then it turned, it quickly turned into a money grab right? And the model is very much pyramid scheme.
2: It is. It is very pyramid scheme. And I looked on the website trying to find like proof of an MLM structure or a pyramid structure. And there isn't really any that's blatant on the website. And then talking to you, it really seems like it's like an internal thing. Like once you're in mm-hmm. there, it's not really written down. It's not really something that's offered, but it's kind of like, well, if you want it to be an advocate, like there's an opportunity mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. And that is even kind of scammy to me because here on the show and even on TikTok and I educate people how to find, you know, is it a scam? Is this person a red flag? Can we see what are the words? What are the things that jump out? This is what I highlighted as, as kind of scammy for me. And I think a lot of times these scammers, they get so smart that they're able to hide the scammier things like maybe they're watching my videos and being like, Oh, I should probably remove those things. And they get smarter and they're able to hide their scam, And this is a really great example of that. Like if you don't know what you're looking for, like she looks pretty legit. Oh, she's Mm -hmm. got videos from this and she's got videos of that. And it's so great. And she's just trying to make some money. Oh my gosh. But you don't also understand that she's like literally selling information that's freely available and, and reputably available from organizations. Like it's, It's just it's really wild. And so to be able to to talk about this kind of stuff and break down how scammers even hide and look Mm -hmm. more real, I think is really important too. the exploitation of children is it starts a lot of times with the parents being the ones that are either exploiting or being exploited by someone else. And so I think it's Mm -hmm. really, really important to talk about this kind of stuff. So I I really appreciate that you emailed me and you were like, hey, we need to talk about this because I wouldn't have even known if you hadn't done.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I'm just grateful that you were willing to like have me on because I just couldn't like we've all the group of us and I we've all kind of talked about it for a long time about how like, it just sucks to to see more and more people falling for it. And then these kids that are getting sucked into it, and how she will convince parents to go to due process or help them to make the decision to go to due process and then she represents them and all of her due processes are public so you can watch them i mean i've listened to several of them cuz they're all via zoom now they shouldn't have gone i mean they shouldn't have gone i don't know i know some families paid thousands of dollars for her to like help them in due process and they didn't win in the end
2: i, I just like, spent all this money to fight for nothing
3: you, right it, because it's not bringing change doing that. The only way you can really file for due process and make change is if you appeal it and it goes to a higher court. But how many of us have the money to do that? Because then you have to get a high-powered attorney. It's it's just
2: wild to see this creation of a problem and then the offering of the solution which you know, I also create I created the problem and I created the solution and guess what? For the nominal fee of I'll solve it for you.
3: I'll solve the problem I created. Right. And it's like, she's just, she's frustrating because she's giving so many advocates a bad name, right? I go in for free and help people because it's the right thing to do because I don't have the heart to charge somebody and we work collaboratively with the school. I mean, I have a sixth grade boy right now that I'm trying to help who very clearly is struggling with reading comprehension. And now he has behaviors because he's frustrated. Well, we've got to go into the school and figure out how they can help him. His parents can't afford to go to due process. So we've got to figure out how we can help him. Like, it's yeah. just what kind of person is okay sending a bill to desperate parents? I don't understand that. A scammer. Because right. at the end of the
2: day, when you look at this from start to finish, who's the one that made the money? Right. Right especially in the cases where nothing comes of it because you didn't right. take the settlement and you decided to fight unnecessarily and now you are out thousands that went into the pocket of the person who we've already said created and then solved
3: the problem but
2: mm-hmm. the
1: problem's but you, not really
3: solved but the problem's not solved because now we have to go back to that school and we're still not getting help or you have to move right because you made such a big stink that the school's like fuck you
2: like, right no right and you're now it's just it's wild to see how far this woman is willing to pull and push and drag this out for whose sake aside from her pocketbook
3: i don't know right and one of the things that you, legally because advocates are not attorneys you're not allowed to interpret law but one of the big things that she does in her videos is interpret law and that's why she's on people's radar because she's interpreting law and that's highly illegal and unethical and she will teach you uh, one of her big taglines now is something along the lines of i will teach you how to understand the texas law and she also she would also say that she's a mediator for family court and she is legally allowed in texas to interpret law In no way can you do that if you have not passed the bar.
2: Wow. Yeah. And she also has a merch store too. We forgot to mention that she's got a merch store full of. Yeah.
3: I mean, it's just like, you know, and it's embarrassing because it's like, I fell for this shit. Like, it's absolute garbage. Like, I should know better. I'm an intelligent person. I should have trusted my instinct, but I didn't. And I think that's usually always the lesson, right? It's like, dang it, my gut was right again.
2: (laughs) Right? (laughs)
3: How did I fall for this?
2: Dang, those red flags really were red, weren't they? Yeah, they were bright. They They were were bright red. They
3: had a spotlight on (laughs) them. You just were wearing your rose-colored
2: glasses, so they just look like regular flags.
3: Right. Well, and it's just like, especially after seeing some of the videos of her talking about how she healed her son and whatnot, I'm like, it's just so harmful that this is the kind of person that is, advocating for people because you can't be healed of the burden of autism. You can't be healed of the burden of ADHD or dyslexia. It doesn't work that way.
2: Yeah. It's a wild story and I appreciate you coming on to tell it. And I hope that there are people listening going, I almost fell for that or oh my God, I was just looking
3: at that and now no to go to COPA and don't waste your money. No, don't waste your money because there's a, there's a better resource out there. One that's reputable and trusted.
2: So do you want to do some rapid fire questions? Yeah. All right. I'm going to change these because, you know, still kind of culty, scammy type, but not necessarily MLM, although she is a hun. Uh, Surprise, surprise there. Right. One word that encompasses how you feel about these sort of coaching scams. Disturbing. (laughs) Yeah. For real. What is a warning that you would give to somebody who is looking at her TikTok right now on her website going, maybe I should pay the $47 and see like w- what this is about.
3: Trust your gut. If it doesn't feel right, don't do it. And I, I mean, you can do a quick Google search and find other resources out there. Um, what is the worst sort of side effect in your
2: opinion of joining something like this that you would go through
3: the guilt of the money that i wasted right like i i wasn't in for a lot of money compared to others especially teachers that are retired or have stepped away and already wasn't making a lot of money and then they've invested all this extra money you know they're a single mom and they're a teacher and they're investing all of this money into her scheme. I think that's it. Taking money that could have been used for my family. What is the
2: hardest lesson that you learned about yourself going through this? That I'm gullible, I guess. (laughs) I think a lot of people, that's like one of the questions, like, I see a lot in comments is like, how could people fall for this stuff? And then I talked to totally normal people and they're like, I don't know how I fell for it. And I was like, it's designed to trick us to get right. us in.
3: Yeah. Because I mean, I remember when Cincy came out and like all these other, you know, pyramid schemes. And I was like, this is blatantly a pyramid scheme, people. Like I've never fallen for one, but will I fall for predatory coaching? Apparently. So.
2: Potato, potato, Right.
3: <laughs> right. And then what's the positive takeaway
2: through going through all of this?
3: Through her, I did find Copa. I did find reputable resources, the very book that she was teaching from, but not crediting. I did, in the end, really learn what I was looking to learn.
2: It just cost you more than it needed to.
3: And I took the long way around, per usual.
2: (laughs) And so this is a great guide to taking the short way not going the long way (laughs) right (laughs) thank you so much savannah for coming on and sharing your story uh and most likely helping a lot of parents who are like oh my goodness
3: i i hope that people will take it serious and um not fall for it so yeah thanks for having me on Thank you so
1: much for listening to Life After MLM. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. And follow us on social media at Life After MLM Podcast and my advocacy at The Real Roberta Blevins. You can find all of the links to the social accounts in our show notes. And if you just listened to that incredible story and you thought, Oh my God, I have a story just like that that needs to be told. Hit me up. The Real Roberta Blevins at gmail.com. I would love to have you on the show to share your story and start your journey in life after MLM.
0: See you next time, Hans.